Testament from verses 1 to 11. If you can have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of self-ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, be who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, at, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You may be seated. Hi. I want to say, first of all, that it was a pleasure for me to fill in for Gary during his illness last week. That was funny, too. You guys don't laugh very much. We're in a series of sermons uh, on the one another passages of Scripture, the 12 commandments of the New Testament. And to take these to heart is to be the church. In fact, in reading the New Testament, I'm convinced that the only mission of the church is inward. To so reflect the character of Jesus that to walk into the church is to, G, is to see Jesus. Then we wouldn't need an outreach chair. Ray's not here this morning? Okay. You couldn't keep people away. They could line Jesus and the church up against the wall and not be able to tell us apart. Wise men I know once put it, being the visible Jesus, sharing Jesus' priorities, valuing the same thing Jesus valued, treating each other the same way Jesus treats us. Love one another as I have loved you. Forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Accept one another just as Christ has accepted you. Look at the book of Acts. In chapter 2, the community of believers is described as sharing life together, having all things in common, selling things and sharing the money as needed, eating together, praising God together. And then we read in uh, Acts 2.47, And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who are being saved. The same description is given in Acts 4, and in Acts 5 we read, And more and more believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women. When those out there come to see what's in here, they discover Jesus. But only when what's here 
looks like Jesus. And the key to it all is being of the same mind as one another, which we're going to give our attention to today. Turn to Paul's letter to the Philippians. Paul's writing from prison, but he anticipates his release and visiting the church in Philippi. And he reads this, uh, writes this in verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. To stand worthy of the gospel is to stand firm in one spirit, with one mind striding together for the faith of the gospel. In his play, Henry V, William Shakespeare has the English at war with the French on French soil. The French soldiers are fresh, new. The English soldiers are weak because of battles they have already fought. And he, uh, he rouses the troops this, with these words, Henry V. He says, This story shall the good man teach his son, and this day shall never go by from this day to the ending of the world, but we in it shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. The Philippians were a band of brothers. They stood together, shoulder to shoulder. They were not frightened in any way by their opponents, as with one mind they fought for the faith of the gospel. Now look just a few verses later in chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, uh, a translation note. At the end of verse 2, where the NIV, New International Version, has being one in spirit and purpose, more literal translations have being in full accord and of one mind. In verse 5, when NIV has your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, other more literal, literal translations have, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. In the original language, the word mind is used in every case. In other words, from chapter 1, verse 27, to 2, verse 5, that's nine verses, the idea of being of the same mind is mentioned four times. 127, with one mind. 
beginning of two verse two of one mind, the end of two verse two of one mind, and two verse five, have this mind among yourselves. Mind is the key word of the section of scripture. Now, what do you think characterized the mind of this band of brothers? What did they share? Was it courage? Was it determination? Was it a shared thirst for adventure? This again, verse 3 and 4. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. They shared humility. Humility is what enabled them to stand firm for the gospel. And humility is what assured victory. What humility? Have this mind among yourselves that is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in, in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of the servant, being born in likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. For Jesus to leave heaven and come to be the human king of the world is itself a humiliation that we can't begin to comprehend. But he was born just an ordinary human. And not just that, he was born a servant. And not just any servant, but was obedient unto death. And not just any death, the humiliating death on the cross. Such was the extraordinary humility of Jesus Christ. And that's precisely the kind of humility that we're supposed to share with each other. The community of Christians living in unity with one another. A snowflake landing on your hand will melt immediately. It's nothing. But it's the stuff that kills careless skiers in Kananaskis every year in avalanches. You can move your hand through the air and not even feel it, but air is what tornadoes are made of. It's movie air, uh, moving air of Hurricane Katrina that devastated New Orleans. A term of the tap will give a glass of water, but water is also what flooded Calgary a year ago. Who can forget the wave that struck Thailand on Boxing Day 2004? A Christian acting alone is a snowflake, a drop of water. But it's the community of Christians of the same mind of Christ, defined by humility, that will prevail against the gates of hell. This is more than instruction about getting along. This is what it means to be the church. Paul's letter to the Ephesians is about this. God has reconciled the Jews, we, to the Gentiles, you, in Christ. Now Gentiles and Jews together are brought near to Christ. He's made us together to be dwelling place for God. And so there is one Lord, not two, one for Jews, one for Gentiles, one faith, not two, one baptism, not two, 
God hasn't broken down some of the wall of hostility, but all of it. Strive for the unity of the spirit. The church is put on the armor of God, not the individual. Submit to one another out of reverence, reverence for Christ. In other words, God's great program of redeeming mankind is to bring together, to reconcile. And therefore, Satan's great program is to tear apart. And as long as we do not share in the humility of Jesus, the mind of Christ, Satan is succeeding. In the early centuries of the church, a schism developed between the Eastern Church and the Western Church that became the Orthodox and the Catholic Church. In 1500, there were added Protestant churches, which promptly became Lutheran, Anglican, Reformed, Anabaptist. Then were different flavors of each of those, and then splits between churches and power struggle between members of the same church. Christians of different minds disunited. A poor witness to the character of God. But Paul says, I want you to be of one mind so that you can stand firm for the gospel. I want you to be humble so you can stand firm for the sake of the gospel. He cites three examples. He tells of humility of Christ Jesus. Timothy is a number, uh, another example. Verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And then 2, verse 20, for I have no one like him, that is Timothy, who will be genuinely, genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. And Epaphroditus, who got ill, being an emissary between Philippi and Paul, and risked his life for the sake of the gospel. But he's distressed for his illness, verse 26, not for his own sake, but because the Philippians heard he was ill. If you want to be of one mind, Paul says, be like Jesus, be like Timothy, be like Epaphroditus. It's BVTJ, not N-R-C-A-A-I-T-C-E-P-S-F-M-A-T-Y-L-J. Not really caring about anyone in his church, except perhaps some family members, and think you're like Jesus. B-V-T-J. B-V-T-J. Be the visible Jesus. And how do we do that? To do what Christ did, by thinking not about what's own, one's own interests, but also about the interests of others. By, th by this we know what love is, that Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Whether I come and see you or am absent, let me hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, Paul says. If we look to our own interests, this is what we look like. 
But if we have the mind of Christ, this is what it will look, that, look like. The secret, humility. Get your mind off of yourself. Shoulder to shoulder, stand firm for the gospel. Be of the same mind as one another. And without this, nothing else matters. The rest of the one another commands depend on this one. You can't be members of one another if you don't share the same values. You can't be devoted to one another if you're devoted to yourself first. You can't honor one another if you seek your own honor first. Now, how do we know if you are and we are acting from one mind? That is, how do we ensure that we are acting from humility, not looking only to our own interests, but the interests of others? Ask yourself, am I more concerned with Christ and the other person than I am about me? When something about the church and program or worship service grates on me, and I'm trying to think from Christ's perspective, or it's simply a question of what I do or do not like. If I'm in disagreement with somebody, do I think about what's in their best interest and do they know it? Can we agree to disagree, shake hands and go out for coffee? Do I try to see what's in the heart like God does rather than purely the action? Is my first response to trust that person, or to question motives? Do I look in the mirror this morning, or do I hope that someone else in church is hearing in this sermon so that they can have them, they can share the mind of Christ like I do? What about marriages? If both of you are concerned with what is best for your spouse instead of yourself, there isn't a marriage that's in danger. What about families? If you genuinely look out for your child's best interest, they know it. And despite differences of opinion along the way, they'll love you and they're sure your family will turn out fine. People see this kind of living and it's what they long for. People living only for one another, sharing the mind of Christ, and no one no one but the church can do that. And if they don't see it here, they won't see it at all. Put Jesus and the church against the wall, and people should be able to say, I don't know, they both look like being the visible, visible Jesus to me. And that's how it should be. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, it's so hard to be humble, to be humble like you were humble. And we need your grace to be able to do that. But seeing you have given us your character, all we need to do is listen for your voice inside, and we can do it. The problem is when we listen to other voices that are not your voices. 
a culture crowding in on us. Help us to spend time with you to learn to hear your voice and to respond by giving ourselves to one another. Help our church, Thornhill Baptist Church, help us to be the kind of community that anyone can walk into and see not not that we're good or have it together, but that they would see literally Jesus. Help people to come in here and see Jesus. And so help us to become like Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.